Super Talk Mississippi media production. Call free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander. We're at the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. Opening segment of the show is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, and we encourage you to do business with those great folks at Dickie's. And if you've got a special event coming up, Dickie's is a great catering source you can call them, tell them all about your event, and Dickies will cater something special for you. Going to visit with our buddy Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald to kick things off today. Patrick, talking to you before we went on the air. I know in, in past years under Coach Hobson, it seems like we've always, you know, waited until almost the kickoff of football season to announce who the starting quarterback is. It was kind of frustrating at times. It was always this competition for quarterback, but maybe not the case now. You said uh, – in a conversation you had uh, with Coach Hall last week, he pretty much said who's going to be the QB. Yeah, I mean, he didn't come out straight. He's, you know, he says he's going to give T. Webb and Tykes a chance to compete, but he just acknowledged it that uh, uh, Lowe, Trey Lowe has got a, a significant lead on the other guys just based on being able to go through the spring and everything he's uh, shown through fall, I mean, through the summer. Uh, he's done all the right things, and he's shown really good promise at the quarterback position. Uh, you know, it, it seems his best football is, you know, well ahead of him, uh, and they hope it's this season. So I, I think, you know, I, I think him kind of – that was a matter of Will Hall kind of setting expectations. They don't want too many people, you know, clamoring for tie keys in, in week two of fall camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's you know, it, it appears, you know, it, it kind of looking back to the spring, that's what I saw if you saw the team go through drills and everything. It was pretty obvious that Trey Lowe was the guy. Uh, just the way he goes about things and, and everything he brings at the position. So yeah, it would be it would be really stunning if he's not the starting quarterback for the season opener. We hear so much about transfers now and the transfer portal. I was reading today about all of these transfers within the Power Five schools going from one Power Five school to another. But Trey Lowe is an example of a kid that the transfer really worked out. Am I right about that? Yeah, I think he's uh, really a, a, a case example of how these transfers can work and, and work for the better of the athlete. And I mean, he 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 grad he was at West Virginia three years and he's already graduated from West Virginia, so he comes in with a degree and uh, kind of you know had a, a slight late start on on the season last year and it was tough for him really kind of thrown into the fire. Uh, it took him a few games to really get his feet under him, but that FAU game I think we all got kind of a glimpse of what he's capable of. So, yeah, I think uh, Trey Lowe is an example of somebody that's really used the transfer portal uh, to his benefit. And is this his last year of eligibility? Correct me if I'm wrong about that. No, he's a sophomore. He's got Okay, uh, so he's got a lot of eligibility. Rich, t- yeah, I mean, just because of the COVID year, I mean, you know, in a, in a usual season, he'd be a junior this year. But right. uh, just because of COVID, he's still technically a Richard sophomore. So uh, this is one of three years remaining el- uh, eligibility for Trey Lowe. Man, by the end of his football career, he could be Dr. Trey Lowe. <laughs> you know, he's already yeah, got his think, bachelor's, yeah. right? 
I think there could be a fair amount of doctors on the field this season with uh, some six- and seven-year seniors out there. Yeah, but see, I, I was in college for six or seven years, but for some reason I didn't, I didn't get you know, my, my doctorate. Right. Um, yesterday, switching gears to this, uh, this continuing ball of clay that gets shaped and reshaped in, in conference realignment, and we're even kind of sick of talking about it here on this show, but yesterday, Patrick, we were critical of, of Conference USA officials that all the other conferences, although they were pretty generic in content, all the other conference commissioners that seem had released some kind of statement about the landscape or the future landscape of college football. But Judy McLeod finally had an announcement yesterday afternoon, and again, to no one's surprise. And, and to be fair, there is not a whole lot she could say, but your reaction to its, uh, its generic uh, content. Well, um, I, I guess there's just the acknowledgement that the, uh, the board of directors, I guess, was, have met on this topic. Uh, so at least they're talking about it. Uh, unfortunately for Conference USA, it's you know I hope they're, they've been thinking creative, creatively for a while and trying to come up with some ideas uh, how they can make it work for all their partner schools, whether it's a realignment, a merger, or, or something among Sun Belt Conference USA, uh, possibly even the Mountain West involved. Uh, you know, I it's it's you're you're just waiting. For, unfortunately for Conference USA, you're just waiting for the next shoe to fall. And waiting to see how that impacts you. I mean, Conference USA or Sun Belt, uh, the Mountain West—they're not going to be leading the way as realignment, you know, plays out. It's it's waiting to see what happens next and how best they can adjust. And Conference, uh, uh, yeah. Conference USA's new approach might have to be: Will we expand? W- which teams will we go after? Literally, could it be a fight for the for its existence, its life? Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is, is Conference USA going to be a thing? You know, in three or four years, I, I guess that's really the conversation that has to be going on. Or, or do you do you go to a Liberty, or do you do some of these other things? I mean, there's a lot of things they can be talking about, but in reality, I mean, it, it, expansion seems obvious. You know, it seems silly. I mean, unless you're doing some type of merger, uh, if you think somehow uh, strength in numbers, uh, where Conference USA and Sun Belt just kind of give up and just kind of. Uh, become one big thing or something. I don't know. Uh, it's it's really an impossible situation. I've written a lot about in the past in terms of realignment between the Sun Belt Conference USA. It's it's past time that they do something, and right now it's kind of everything's past due. It's it's just uh, it's going to be a lot of pain <laughs> in the months and, and years ahead for Conference USA. Are we getting ahead of ourselves though, Patrick? As I understand it, this deal with Oklahoma and Texas is not supposed to happen till. 2025, or, or do you think that's going to happen in a shorter time frame? Well, it, it depends. If the Big 12 dissolves, I mean, which is a really a real possibility, uh, this could all get sped up a lot faster. So if uh, Texas Tech and, and some of these other schools uh, join the Pac-12, uh, there may be some scraps left over, maybe Iowa State or Kansas State. You know, you would think somebody's going to scoop up Kansas just based on basketball. Uh, it's you know if the Big Twelve falls apart, all this thing can move. This thing can move much, 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 much quicker. But really, the bottom line is, regardless of which scenario you want to go with, and there's about a hundred different ones, right? But generally speaking, this is not going to bode well for Southern Miss and the rest of Conference USA. And look, we're trying to look at this realistically. We're not trying to be negative Nellies, or we have a case of the Mully Grubs here. We're just trying to look at this realistically. And is it fair to say that this probably is is not going to end up 
as good for Southern Miss and other Conference USA schools? Yeah, it depends on if the Big 12 is still around in a couple of years. I think if the Big 12 is still here, uh, which honestly I don't think it will be, uh, that would kind of leave open the possibility, you know, the Big 12 would add some schools out of the American, possibly Cincinnati, Central Florida, maybe Memphis. And that would give the opportunity, say, for three or four Conference USA schools to move in the American. The American could go much bigger. They may go, you know, try to uh, grab a, a, a Mountain West team or two or something like that. So there's a lot of things that could happen that could possibly improve the situation for a Southern Miss or a UAB or uh, maybe an Old Dominion. Uh, but it's, it's Marshall, I, I guess I should put it in that group. But right, right now, the, the, the odds trend toward this not being to the benefit of really any of the member schools of Conference USA. Yeah. Hey, Patrick, we're going to bring you back on the show Friday. And I don't want to just completely change gears, but I do want to ask you about this before we run out of time today, about 90 seconds left. Uh, last year, we talked to you a lot about high school football when it got started and how it was a train wreck because of COVID-19. And we've spent the last few months thinking, oh, well, the coast is clear, everything is good now. But now on the horizon, it looks like there could be more trouble for high school and junior college football because of this increasing virus variant. Am I wrong or right about that? No, you're you're right, but it, it seems like it's a slow walk uh, that, that you don't really see officials talking about this. But, I mean, it's obvious that this variant impacts younger people more than, than right. the previous stuff. Right. So what's, what, what worries me is that we're three games through, four games in, and it's, it's really wreaking havoc. That's, that's where it's worrisome. You, you hope, you know, we, we find some way out of this and that the trend, I mean, we, we announced our biggest single-day caseload of, uh, in Mississippi in six months today. Uh, so in, in, I'm not going to offer any advice on what to do. You know, people need to make their own decisions, but we are not going to – good direction in the high school football season is one month away and uh our you know you you hope people take precautions and and do all the right things but you know everybody's really obviously real back for good reason with the vaccine available but uh you know you, you hope this doesn't impact you know younger kids as we get into to the school year and what's scary about this particular variant is that it is affecting younger people but it seems to be hitting them even harder then the original right. dose hit us older folks. Right. You know, which, man, it must really be strong if it's taken down the 20-year-olds, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, Patrick, we appreciate your time today. Look forward to having you back on the show. We'll talk a little more about this come Friday and some other stuff about Southern Miss football camp. Thank you for your time, sir. All right. Thanks, Bob. Patrick McGee, everybody, sports editor for the Biloxi Sun-Herald, going to rejoin the show Friday. Want to talk a little more about that, Kelly. That's a... That's a growing story that nobody's talking about right now. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank our buddy Patrick McGee, the professor from the Biloxi Sun Herald, best sports writer in Mississippi. You know that now, though. I appreciate him coming on. We're going to bring him back Saturday and, I mean, Friday and talk a little more about some high school stuff and things that we really haven't discussed largely 
But Kelly, I'm telling you, man, it's uh, this this big ugly cloud is on the horizon when it comes to high school athletics. And and one one point that I think Patrick made that's really important could affect college athletics too. This is different than what we were talking about a year ago. Most of the most of the most vulnerable people are vaccinated. It's the younger people that didn't want to get vaccinated, and it's the younger people that seem to be falling like flies with this new variant. So how could it not affect high school and college sports? And now you're talking about the players. Right, you know, the players. You're not talking right. about the coaches or the teachers. Right. You're talking about the players. And obviously, if they start having difficulties, there is no team to put on the field. And I know athletic directors and principals have got to just be throwing their arms up in the air. Oh, you know they are. You know, when is this ever? No, you, you know they are. And, but, you know, the, the, the virus thing, I mean, anything, like if you, get, if you don't know how to swim, all right, and you get thrown into a lake, you, you try to live. I mean, you try to figure out how to swim or get yourself to shore, right? There's just that thing that's inside of you that, that mm-hmm. you have the desire to live. A virus is no different. I mean, obviously, I'm not a, a doctor, didn't stay at the Holiday Inn Express, but I'm just saying the virus doesn't want to die either. And so with these, so these variants, it changes itself in an effort to stay alive. Right. All right. And, and again, doctors, most doctors have said that, what, 88% of the cases now are of people who have been unvaccinated. But this one seems to be stronger, and it is attacking the younger people who have always kind of felt themselves bulletproof. Mm-hmm. So, gosh, I just... Please, please, let's do whatever we need to do to get a football season in. Now let's just all cooperate for once about something, but a uh, subject for another matter. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. We appreciate them, and we encourage you to do your Southern Miss shopping there. They've got the greatest selection of apparel you'll find really anywhere. There's really no, no close second. And uh, they've got it for your house, for your car, for your body, and they're great people. Kathleen is just a wonderful lady. And uh, we know you'll enjoy doing business with Campus Bookmark. You can shop online at campusbookmark.net. All right, Kelly Center, I'm going to go back to this realignment thing. I read an interesting article uh, earlier today, and uh, this was written by a sports writer out of Dallas. And apparently there's a lot of movement taking place right now in uh, in the Big 12. Obviously, the news broke about Oklahoma and, and uh, Texas. But this sports writer projected – that the conference is going to fold. And which, which is what Bob Hogue thought a couple right. of days ago. And that this is where he sees the teams going. And I'm going to run this by you. Now, this is not good news here for schools like Southern Miss. He, he projects two of the schools will move to the American Athletic Conference, Baylor and Texas Tech. Big additions for that conference if they got those two schools, right? And Texas A&M already is a little bit hot that Texas would be going to the SEC. So you can certainly bet that any other Texas schools would not be welcomed with open arms. And you would think wherever those two schools wind up, you would think they would go together because they're from the state of Texas. So that certainly makes sense. West Virginia to the ACC. It is the team that is farthest to the east in the Big 12 in Huntington, West Virginia. So that makes uh, – uh, well, Huntington is where – I'm sorry, that's where Marshall is. But, but West Virginia, you know, over no. in Charleston. So that, make, that would make sense, the ACC. Oklahoma State and TCU to the Pac-12. Oh, boy. Um, TCU has had, has had 
notoriety, national notoriety in football, but they've been kind of hit and miss. I would think that the Pac-12 would be looking for more of a of a prime time team like Kansas, for example, with their basketball program. Now, with with Kansas, it's feast or famine. You got a really good basketball team, and you have a lousy football team. Right. I mean, terrible. Right. Where less less miles even had to you know take a walk after going right. to Kansas. So I I don't know about uh, I don't know about Oklahoma State. Kansas State to the Mountain West. That would that would make sense. And Iowa State, you're pretty familiar with, and Kansas to the Big Ten. Again, the drawing card for Kansas is that basketball program. It's it's the plum of the of the Big Twelve. But now Bob Hogue, the but Iowa State's a good basketball program. Well, they they only won like three games last year total, and of course it cost Steve Prom his job, but. As Bob Hogue from the PacWest mentioned on this program two days ago, he doesn't like Iowa State as a Big Ten candidate because because there's really Iowa State doesn't really bring anything to the table. Iowa's Hawkeyes have already made Iowa a television market for the Big Ten, and they would just have to be um, you know kind of fighting little brother there, as it were. Geographically, it makes perfect sense because you got Nebraska as far west as Nebraska, you got Rutgers as you know, to the east, but you got Minnesota, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa. You know, they're all right, right. there. So geographically, it would make sense, but um, we'll see. It's it's going to yeah. be it's going to be something to now, watch. If this were to hold true, if this writer were to be accurate, that would uh, mean an expansion of the American Athletic Conference. According to him, they'd be adding Texas Tech and Baylor. And I think if the AAC just look to expand a couple of teams and were to snatch a couple out of the Big 12, then forget it. I mean, you know, Southern Miss, UAB, none of those schools are ever going to be in the American Athletic Conference. And that is the premise that Patrick McGee was just operating on, and I do think Bob Hogue a couple of days ago was thinking. They, they both think that the Big 12 will dissolve and that those schools will be snatched up by these, these uh, other conferences. It certainly would be a plus for the AAC. Um, but but even let's suppose that does happen. What's wrong with uh, with combining the Sun Belt and conference? Well, that USA? was my next question. Would okay. this not be would this not be the opportune time with all this realignment taking place? Would this not be the time for the officials of those two conferences to sit down and finally get this worked out somehow, some way? And it and I think it would be great. And just about based on the feedback that we get on this show whether it's via text message or email, most Southern Miss fans, it seems to me, and, and you can agree, certainly, Bob, or disagree, but, but don't you think that the, that the overwhelming feedback has been that a lot of Southern Miss fans would love to see that happen? I think, I think the, I would say the majority. There's some that don't like that. Sure. I would think the majority are uh, in favor of that. Yeah, with South Al, who you're going to open the season yeah. with this year. You're playing Troy. You got Louisiana Lafayette, you know, right down the road. Uh, you got Monroe. I mean, from a geographic standpoint... Um, it certainly makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I think not only with football, Kelly, I think that enhances the baseball conference if you bring those two together. There's some really good Sun Belt baseball well, you teams. Got Charleston, right? Correct. And they won the, the championship Correct. a couple years ago. Yeah. South Alabama made it to the, made it deep this year. Lafayette. Lafayette's been good forever. Yeah. Um, Georgia Southern's always going to be decent right. in football and baseball. Right. So, uh, agreed. You know, when you look at the but, – but the – Sun Belt is kind of like Conference USA in its DNA in the fact that basketball is its weakest link, mm-hmm. right? 
and no disrespect to any, it just is. Um, football is probably a close second. Baseball, by far, when you look at national prominence and wins and losses on the field, the Sun Belt and Conference USA mimic each other in just about every sport. Right. So that's another reason why the melding of those two conferences would make sense. You're not really changing the DNA. You're just changing the chassis a little bit. Well, m- m- my, my feeling about that is you would enhance the baseball league. It would be even better. And, and they're both good baseball leagues. That would be they even are. better. There would be some improvement, I think, in the football league it, with bringing in some of those Sunbelt teams and, and combined. And, and basketball probably stays about the same. But, I mean, geographically it makes sense. For a southern Mississippi it would create what we lost when the American Athletic Conference snatched up all the quote-unquote rivals. The natural regional rivals. Correct. From a fan standpoint, Bob, let's just take football. If that would happen from a fan standpoint, if you're a hardcore fan of the black and gold, you don't even have to worry about whether the Eagles are going to be at home. You yeah. get in the car and drive to Mobile an hour and a half. Well, and wouldn't you wouldn't you think more people would be apt to enjoy and buy tickets to watch Southern Miss play picket Louisiana Lafayette than Texas El Paso? I mean, yes, just geographically, it makes so much more sense. I, and I would say Louisiana Monroe, except they came in here a couple of years ago. Yeah, and... you probably don't want them coming back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ceremoniously. And, and to us those to the curb. fans that say, "Oh no, you know, we we've got to take the next step. We got to get to the next level. Get realistic, guys." The next level is not going to happen if that means if that means you're going to beat out a Baylor or a Texas Tech to become a member of the American Athletic Conference. Is that fair to say? Except what we are, and there's nothing wrong. There's nothing what, wrong with no, what we are. Right. J- just to accept Enjoy it. that. Right. Quit right. worrying about what LSU and Alabama are doing. And, and really, the part of the problem with Conference USA is nobody in Conference USA, and I'm picking on these two schools just because of the geographic extremes, Nobody really cares in Hattiesburg what they're doing at ODU, at Old Dominion. No. They're so far away. No, and no. UTEP is just out there on an island by themselves. And everybody hates that road trip right. to UTEP, but especially if you're at Marshall and ODU. and For some good of reason. Oh, my gosh, yeah. If you don't think the Southern Miss football program is a good one, however, there are 13 Golden Eagles right now in NFL camps. Kelly Sander. <laughs> We're going to review where all these kids are, and there's one name that's missing that's going to come as a big surprise to you, but 13 Golden Eagles uh, looks like are going to make NFL rosters pretty good, don't you think? But that one, things that make you go, hmm. Pretty surprising. Yeah. We'll be back. Hey, glad you're with us this afternoon. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. What a great bunch of guys right on the shadow of the rock. Great plate lunches five days a week. Great food uh, throughout the evening. Your favorite game is always on TV. And we're going to have to go down there again pretty soon, Kelly Sander, and uh, and do a live remote. Uh, every time you go to 4th Street Bar and Grill, you have a good time. Yeah, and they've got the Golden Tea game there, too. A lot of guys who like golf, you know, they'll, they'll compete against each other in, in Golden Tea. There's, there's always some type of fun competition or something going on down there. Lance Ankar, the new uh, strength and conditioning coach for the Southern Miss football program, is going to be on the show tomorrow. He's going to be in the studio 
and he's going to arm wrestle Kelly Santer on the air. And I'm already putting my money on Lance Ankar. That's not in my contract. I mean, and if you've seen that guy, you're going to have to put uh, pillows on these windows, Bob. It's cause this yes, guy. Yes, he's, he is very well cut and a very, very nice guy. I met him a couple of weeks ago and uh, really a super guy. I look forward to sharing the hour with him tomorrow. And then Colin Sess on the show Friday. Uh, and we're going to have Patrick back. Colin Sess, great football player. For yeah, played for Jim Carmody and, of course, makes his home in Huntsville now, Huntsville, Alabama. And tonight, coincidentally, Coach Will Hall makes his uh, traveling, you know, his traveling caravan will be in Huntsville tonight. Mm-hmm. So it'll be real interesting to see how, how uh, Collins reacts to Will Hall and his presentation. Is if Will, you know, Will Hall's like the main act, Bob. If he had to have a band open for him, mm-hmm. I thought, I thought, considering what's going on now at Southern Miss, Southern Miss, how about Men at Work? That could be, would yeah, be that good, could be it. Would be yeah. a good band to he's open actually, for. Him. So he's in Huntsville tonight. He's going to be in Philadelphia tomorrow for he's some kind of football roundtable. Going to yeah. be in Houston, Texas. Yeah. You know, so I mean, he's going everywhere to promote this Southern Miss program, and it's paying off because season tickets are, are like I said, seventeen hundred more new subscribers this year than they've ever had. And while we're on that subject, Bob, today the university is introducing a pledge per win situation at Southern mm-hmm. Miss where whether you're an Eagle Club member or not, this is open to everybody, okay, where you can go on their website and make a pledge per win. Now, if they tie or if they lose, obviously you're not going to have to pay anything. But for every game Southern Miss wins, you can pledge a certain amount of money, whatever you choose, that will go directly to scholarships at the university. Now, if you're not a member of the Eagle Club, don't think you can afford the Eagle Club, this is a way that you can participate and help the school, you know, to give what you can. If you're an Eagle Club member and you give at a certain level, but you might not be able to give enough to make it to the next level, this is a way that you could fill in the blanks. I mean, every penny's going to help. So you can go on on their website. Pledge per win is the name of the game. And again, you can um, they can set it up on bank draft or whatever credit card to where every win Southern Miss puts in that column, you'll be donating to the university amount of money per win so we encourage you to take part in that could we get lee applewhite in the studio to talk to us about it without him hitting us up for a check before he leaves the building <laughs> well he knows bob that, that you've got more than you know what to do with so he just yeah. has some ideas that's you know. it that's i'm going to pledge thousands for that alabama game i mean I, i'm going to really go out on a limb no I'm, no it's, i'm going to pledge ten thousand dollars to you kelly Sander, if southern miss beats alabama it's not just it's not just for one game bob you're committing oh, okay. you're committing for the whole season x number oh, of wins okay. so let's just say okay. you pledged uh $100 per win, and Southern Miss won six games. Then you would be donating 600 to the university. I got you. Okay. So that's we, the way it we works. Might ask, we might ask him about yeah, that. Yeah, pretty cool just, idea. Uh, pretty cool idea. tie his hands to his waist or something like that so he won't be grabbing at our wallets. Okay, uh, 13 players, Kelly. 13 Golden Eagles in NFL camps right now. I thought it would be fun to go down that list. And uh, if you want to comment on any of these kids and what you remember about them, let's start with – Cornell Armstrong, he is in the Houston Texans camp. They're at the Houston Methodist Training Center, obviously in Houston. And it looks like Cornell is going to be a member of the Houston Texans. And I think we've kind of we kind of lost track of him. You know, he was a guy that was kind of under the radar. But anytime you make an NFL team and look, the Texans are down. Right. But I mean, it's the National Football League. That's right. So it doesn't matter if they're down or up. And again, they're there now. And we hope they're going to be there once the rosters get narrowed down. But uh, now here's a familiar name. No surprise. He's still in the NFL. Jamie Collins, senior are going to play for the Detroit Lions this fall. 
and he's he's starting to he's always been productive. Yeah, he's you know? always been really good. Yeah, no matter where he's been, and hopefully he can help get that Lions uh, defense turned around a little bit. They're, they've got a new coach and trying to get things, and they're in a tough division with Green Bay and right. Chicago's pretty pretty good. Minnesota's been good for the last three or four years, right? So it won't be easy. But Detroit has a good veteran leader on that side of the ball. We had this kid on the show last week, uh, last year, and what a what a great young man. DeMichael Harris is uh, going to go back for his second year with the Indianapolis Colts. And, again, he was on the program last year. was just a humble, nice kid. You, you hope that he does very well. D-Mike is yeah, what they call Of course, you really know, nice kid. Frank Reich and some of those Colt administrators were on that, those lists of people that, that are on the new COVID list. Right. So we hope that D-Mike will lay low here and, right. and uh, make that final cut. Rashad Hill is going to be a Minnesota Viking. He's in the Twin Cities Orthopedic Performance Center working out with the Vikes. And the Vikings, uh, they're looking, they've made a few changes, although the man at the top, Mike Zimmer, is still there. Again, in that rugged black and blue division, as we used to call it back in the old days. Tim Jones is where I was just last week. He's with the Jaguars in Jacksonville, Florida, in paradise, getting ready to play football. I always thought that Tim Jones was was one of those most consistent performers that Southern Miss had at the wide receiver position. I just mm-hmm. thought he was a guy that they could really count on and, and made the – made the most of every attempt he had so he's there with the kid from clemson and uh, you got to believe that's going to be a pass happy offense so yeah that could be a good situation for him and the poor kid from clemson has to take a pay cut to go to the nfl Yeah, exactly but it's it's, (laughs) it's tough i know to various more is a a defensive back of course and he's going to return with the 49ers he's found him a home the 49ers uh going back to patrick willis when he played there you know from out of Ole miss and they've got that um, you know, that, that upstart. Now, they had a down year last year with uh, Shanahan in there. It looks like San Francisco looks to rebound, and he'll help that team. This young man's been on the show several times. Nick Mullins, of course, a quarterback from the Golden Eagles, and he is now a – God, it hurts me to say this. He is a Philadelphia Eagle. <laughs> Goes from one Eagles uh, to another Eagle. the Philadelphia Eagles. You, yeah, I know you do, but, but – the Eagles, that's a great pickup for them. Oh, yeah. That's and I mean, a good spot for Nick, no and, question. And we've, we've, seen, we've seen, you know, the numbers on the field are one thing, but there's something inside of heart and, and that intangible that I think Nick Mullins has. And I think the Eagles saw that as well. And when he became available, you know, they snatched him right up. There was talk, you know, that maybe New Orleans mm-hmm. where he could go be a starter, but, but they're going to have Taysom Hill and, and uh, Jameis Winston, I guess, battle that out for the starting job mm-hmm. down there. So Nick is joined by Quez Watkins, who's also a Philadelphia Eagle. Another, another receiver that, uh, that, man, that guy, he can fly. And it's kind of ironic that he goes to the Eagles when right. you got a guy that can fly like he can. Picasso Nelson Jr., he's been on the program before. He is with the Arizona Cardinals, and he is out in the desert getting ready for football. And, and the thing about Picasso is whether he makes that team or not, it's not going to matter to him. I mean, it will. But as far as financially and stuff goes, he is so smart and such an entrepreneur. He's already laying the groundwork for the real estate business mm-hmm. and development business that whether football works out or not, he's already ready for the next smart chapter kid of his from life. A great family, he sure no is. Way. Yeah, sure is. Rakeem Nunez Rochez is going to return to the world champions. He's a Tampa Bay Buck. We, get, we should get a picture of his ring. Yeah, he's definitely got one. Probably going to get another one this year. Here's a great story. Jalen Richard, he's really found himself a home with uh, Chucky 
out in Vegas, and he's a, a radar. Yeah, the problem is I don't know if Chucky's going to have a home too much. Yeah. I mean, they signed him for 10 years, but uh, there yeah. seems, seems to be some turmoil out there as to whether that team is really getting better or not. But he's definitely he's definitely one of Gruden's guys. And right? he, he's a big part of their offense. Yeah. Hey, Rashard's a real contributor. Uh, Mike Thomas, you know where he's at? Uh, of course I know where he he's is. He's a bingle. He is, and he's going to get to he's, – he's going to be incorporated – uh, it looks if all things you know stay the same, it looks like he'll be getting more touches this year with Joe Burrow back, provided he stays healthy, mm-hmm. and that has to be said with all capital letters and underlined three times because you can't uh, throw from your back, right. and that's always been Cincinnati's problem. But he was a he Good was a player. contributor for him last year, yeah. Cameron Tom was with the Saints for a long time and, and really got a lot of playing time. Is he's a great center, really good young man. He's now with the Dolphins, so and he's, if, he's made a move. And if I and if I could pick a team. That would really be the sleeper this year that maybe nobody will talk a whole lot about. Could be Miami. I think so too. And it's look, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. And I'll beat the Dolphin fans to that because they'll say it's been a long time coming. So let's hope for for Cameron that that's the case. That there's another. The worst thing that could happen to me would be an all Florida Super Bowl. Right. I would hate it come down between Miami and that other team. Yeah, well, good. Where, where, you know but who here's is. the biggest surprise, last 30 seconds. Uh, he was drafted in the fourth round three years ago, started half of the games last year for the Atlanta Falcons, and then without explanation, the Falcons cut Edo Smith and as of today has not been picked up by another team. And that, Kelly Sander, is a big surprise to me. I, I agree. I agree. He was a workhorse for the Falcons, and he wasn't just a – you know, he wasn't a slouch second uh, second string guy. No. I mean, he, he caught passes out of the backfield and was was um, fairly durable. You know, it's it's tough to be real durable as a running back in the NFL, but I, I'm surprised by that too, but would not be surprised for somebody to snatch him you up. you got to believe Ito can contribute to some NFL football team. Yeah, he's got, what, three, four, four or five seasons under his belt now already. Yes, this, this would have been his fourth, fourth. year. Okay. Yeah. So Ito Smith looking for a home, 13 Golden Eagles, in NFL training camps right now. All right, when we come back, Kelly's got a little to say about a lot of things. He's keeping up with the news. We'll have it next. To the top. Hey, welcome back. I want to thank D1 DBAT for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. We tell you about them every day, but it's just true. State of the art training facility for kids involved in baseball and softball. For adults involved in every sport, they'll tailor a training program for you to help you accomplish what goals are in front of you. They've got expert trainers and a state of the art facility, and we encourage you to check them out. D1 and DBAT on Hardy Street. In Hattiesburg, all right, Kelly Sander, you got a, a little about a lot, or is it a lot about a little? I little, can't keep a, it about. A little bit about a lot of things. Okay. All right, let's start with Conference USA, where they continue to put out watch lists uh, for the upcoming football season. The Ray Guy Award, Bob, would be given to what position, would you think? 
I would think a special teams player, Kelly. What specifically? I would think a punter. Oh, very good, yes. Bob. Very good, Bob. Uh, sports for 200, please. Yes. Uh, yes, the Ray Guy Watch Award list is for the top punter in the league. And you want to know what's something that's crazy. First of all, the nominees, there are six of them. Okay, Tommy Heatherly from FIU. Matthew Hayball from FAU. You've got Kyle Albrich from Middle Tennessee. Kyle Greenwell from UAB. Lucas Dean from UTSA, and John Haggerty from Western Kentucky. The Ray Guy Award, Bob. Is there anything you notice about that list? <laughs> no USC player on there. <laughs> yeah. The Ray Guy Award. I mean, Ray Guy, of course, notorious. And what a probably and arguably the greatest true athlete to come through Southern Miss. There would be yeah, you know, if you, I, I, most people, athlete. Most people believe that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but but no Southern Miss punter on that list. Okay. So that's the Ray but guy. You can't overlook Tommy Waters. Touchdown, Tommy Waters. That's somebody right. somebody mentioned him on social media yesterday. It was good to see his <laughs> yeah. name. Lou the Toe Groza Award watch list. Now you remember Lou the Toe? I do. Back from your childhood was I the do. kicker for what team? The Cleveland Browns. Yes, he was forever and ever. So the Lou the Toe Groza Award watch list would be to what player? I would think the place kicker. Kelly. You are correct again, yeah. Bob. Boy, see why I have a show, don't Boy, you? Boy, I'm telling you. I'm yeah. sharp. All right, so let's look at the nominees for the Lou the Toe Groza Award. Hunter DePlessis from UTSA, who's probably the front runner. Brandon Narvison from Western Kentucky. Jacob Barnes from La Tech. Matt Quinn from UAB. Anything stick out in that list, Bob? Uh, no golden eagle. Of all the award lists mm-hmm. there are, I think we've got two guys. Maybe well, maybe on a watch I list. I personally think year. that that award will have no credibility until they forget about Lou Groza and they make it the Jim Stump Taylor Award. Then it has significance to me. Good point. Yes. Good point. And Jim told me to say that. So uh, we, we knew you were going to talk about this today, and he asked me to mention that. The fact that, that you and I even remember who Lou the Toe Groza. Tells you a lot. Right? <laughs> That's tells, going back. He kicked it straight on yes, and with did. those high top shoes. You and the Browns that? were good back then. They were. Yeah. Now, speaking of that's the Browns were good back then, but a team that's not very good right now, the Washington football team. Hey. Uh, head coach Ron Rivera is very disappointed in his players, uh, and, and rightfully so. He, of course, is immune compromised because of the cancer right. treatments that he's had, and he's still walking around the training facility in a mask. The Reds. Excuse me. The Washington football team. You can say the Redskins, Kelly. That's all right. Has less than a 60% vaccination rate. The lowest in the National Football wouldn't League. Wouldn't you think that they, wouldn't you think that those players would get vaccinated out of respect to Coach Rivera, if nothing else? That's what he's asking. He's saying, look, guys, I'm not, I'm not God, obviously, but you do understand my situation. That's just so self-centered. You know, can you can you cut me some slack here? Yeah. So but the NFL, you know, with the CDC and, and you're going to start seeing, you know, new rules with the variant now coming out again. Um, so, again, stay tuned for all that. And finally, we mentioned it yesterday, the Olympic ratings lower than they've been in some 30 years. And one of the things that uh, that ratings people are attributing it to is they're blaming it on younger people that the 20 year olds and younger they just don't do sports. Generally speaking, I think that's right. They just don't watch sports. They said when you look at attendance of college football games, regardless of the level, um, when you add up the averages across the country, basketball, just about all sporting events, professional, amateur, collegiate, and high school, 
numbers are way down. And they say it's not that the games necessarily have changed. There is some of the political correctness that people are a little tired of. But they say don't, don't underestimate the power of that 20 and under crowd who just doesn't seem to be latching on to sports like they used to with well, Kelly, when you see them at games, their heads are stuck in their iPhones. I, mean, I don't even know why they go to the game. Or their iPad or, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I mean, they're too busy Facebooking to watch the game. They bought a ticket to go see. It's a fair point. It's a fair, fair point. Unbelievable. But, but it's, gonna, it's certainly going to affect the negotiations with the Olympic committees. They continue to name cities that are going to have Olympics in the future. But uh, television ratings and the big numbers that normally come along with Olympics and the rights to broadcast the Olympics will certainly be affected if these numbers don't turn out. Uh, any better. So that's a little bit, Bob, about a lot of things. Again, we mentioned Will Hall is going to be in Huntsville tonight, Huntsville, Alabama, where there's really a significant alumni group, you know, around the Huntsville area. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. Colin Sess is going to be there and we'll have a report from Collins on uh, on Friday as part of our Eagle Hour going forward. And of course, Kelly will be wrestling uh, strength coach Lance and Carr in the studio tomorrow. Oh, so, uh, yeah. If you want to put a bet down, I would bet on <laughs> coach and Carr is what my suggestion bet would be. Bet the mortgage. Yes, please. And my mortgage, too, on that one. We'll be back at one tomorrow. We hope you'll join us. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.